my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys had a terrific weekend. Uh, great show for you today. I was joined by my brother, Nick Lindquist. Always a great time talking to Nick. Uh, and we had a lot to discuss. Uh, we talked about Joe Biden's student loan forgiveness scheme. We talked about the White House mocking people who, uh, who took out PPP loans. We talked about Democratic governors uh, saying that there's no place in their states for Republicans. Uh, great stuff, as always, from the left there. And a whole bunch more. I think you guys will enjoy it. Before I get to Nick, guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to subscribe. Uh, if you are an Apple user, please take a couple seconds to leave us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. It really helps us out. Uh, and if you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the Podcast. All right. Without further ado, the great Nick Lindquist. All right, guys, we're here at the great Nick Lindquist. Nick, how you been, man? I've been great. How about you, sir? I've been fantastic. I've been fantastic. Unfortunately, the country uh, is not going nearly as well as, as my personal life is. <laughs> yeah, uh, same here. It's been yeah. a wild few days, man. It, it really has. And we, we have to start with the the uh, student debt cancellation scheme. Um, there, there's really no rule of law. <laughs> anymore i mean like no. i don't know man like the constitution's kind of been irrelevant for a, a long time now um i mean maybe even going back to like the patriot act and stuff like that um i guess people are just now realizing it at least the democrats are um so joe biden is canceling some student loans obviously you know he should just be immediately impeached removed from office and probably prosecuted for that but uh like i said the law no longer applies to democrats um it, it's going to cost each taxpayer um, over $2,000 each. So, you know, look forward to that, buddy. Um, the Fed is going to print somewhere between 700 and 900 billion. Um, you know, it'll probably end up being over a trillion um, to pay for this. Obviously, that'll drive inflation even higher. Um, and oh, it also, it doesn't even help the poor or middle class. So if you have consolidated loans, um, like most people do, like my, my wife included has, you know, her, her loans consolidated. Um, you don't even qualify for loan forgiveness. It's only for just specific government loans. Um, so, I mean, this is a coordinated handout to wealthy, coastal Joe Biden voters. Um, you know, it, it's mostly going to benefit people who went to grad school. Um, you almost have to hand it to Democrats, man. I mean, they will rob the poor at gunpoint to hand, hand money to Taylor Lorenz, right? Like, they will rob <laughs> you and your family at gunpoint and, and hand your paycheck to annoying, woke, white, liberal women in New York. You know, like it is it is pretty disgusting, illegal behavior from the regime. Yeah. And, and it's pretty crazy how emboldened they've become. And they're just willing to do this out in the open for everyone to see. And they're confident that it will work out for them. Like, look, this is not solving any problem related to the student loan crisis, which I will admit is a real problem. Like there are a lot of middle class people struggling with their student loans, but this is not going to fix any of that. In fact, it'll probably make it worse because now um, tuitions will just shoot right up by probably the same amount that the loan forgiveness is for. So 
it doesn't solve the problem. It's a one-time handout, as far as we know, to Joe Biden's hopeful supporters. And uh, it, it really just seems like he's trying to buy the next election. But that's not going to work because he needs... He needs buy-in from people that aren't getting these loans, like working-class America and people that couldn't afford to go to college and now are just getting the shaft from the Biden administration and said, and getting told, hey, man, like, sorry, you couldn't go to college, but um, we're going to pay off the loans for people who did, and we're going to have to ask you to pay for it. Like, that's basically what the administration's asking. And, and I think a lot of the people who will benefit from this don't even want it themselves. Like, I mean, theoretically, yeah, it's going to benefit me because I do have federal loans. But I never asked for this. Like, I can pay my loans on my own. I don't need help. And I think that's the case for a lot of people who went, for, went to school for, like, a productive degree program. Like, right. this is just completely pointless and I don't think it's going to work out the way he thinks it will. Yeah, and it's just, man, it, it's just going to fuel the division that we're seeing in the country anyway. And, right. And like, it's, I mean, mo- most people don't understand that all taxation is just legalized extortion. You know, like, people don't understand how evil it is to, to, to take your money and hand it to, to Vladimir Zelensky or whatever. Like, people, a lot of people don't even think that things like that are evil, just normal government behavior. It, it's going to hit... It's kind of next level, man. If you're just like the plumber and just like you're just looking across the street at your neighbor, some like pink haired gender studies student, <laughs> just seeing their like yep. your paycheck going to pay off her loan. It's like, man, that's going to like that's going to put it in perspective to a lot of people that maybe haven't thought too deeply about just the behavior of government more generally in the past. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I think this could backfire in a lot of ways. But one of the ways is. You know, Republicans, if they've got the guts finally to maybe start reconsidering how the Department of Education distributes those loans. I mean, this is like a perfect opportunity to reevaluate that because a lot of people are going to be upset about it. And I really don't think that if you're going to school for like a gender studies or English literature major that you should be eligible for for federal loans like You know, and I mean, I'm someone who questions the program altogether. But if you're going to give them out at all, why are you giving them to people who can never pay them back and you know will never pay them back? I mean, I don't know. Because they want the whole system to collapse? I mean, like, dude, voluntarily (laughs) entering into contracts is a fundamental pillar of capitalism and freedom. I mean, that's like if if you can't— undermining the the model of voluntarily entering into contracts is what communists do. I mean, that's like that is—if you take— that fundamental pillar of society down. <laughs> I mean, like, not to sound too extreme, buddy, right off the bat, first five minutes of the podcast, but it's like, really, it, you're attacking the institution of voluntary contracts. I mean, that is oh, like, yeah. that is dangerous territory, man. Mm-hmm. And, and Democrats do this all the time. It's like, they set up certain programs with the intention of them failing, so they can say, see, capitalism isn't working for us, and we need to right. do this and this, and then they get more political wins because Republicans never call them out on it or do anything about it, which is another problem in itself. The White House uh, went on to mock Republicans who had uh, PPP loans forgiven. Um, they spent uh, like 24 hours on Twitter just mocking mocking right-wingers. Um, 
it's just disgusting, man. And it's like, you know, obviously Biden has Alzheimer's or dementia or whatever. Ron Klain and his army of 25-year-old gender studies students are, are running the, the world right now, which is it's pretty jarring to watch. But I mean, it's yeah. like, man, these, these people will spend the economy into a depression. They will lock you down at gunpoint. They will send your business to bankruptcy. They will send stormtroopers to arrest your pastor. They'll they'll convince your son that he's a girl behind your back. They'll take your paycheck, give half of it to Taylor Lorenz to pay off her college debt, send the other half to a corrupt Eastern European government. And if you take advantage of the scraps that they give you mere peasants, they will mock you for it on Twitter. I mean, these people are degenerates, man. This is like evil, hateful behavior. Like, they hate you. They hate Republicans. They hate middle America. They hate your family and your community. I mean, like, these people are, like, leaning in hard to the fact that they are the enemy class. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Especially, like you were saying, that Ron Klain crop. They are just fundamentally demented, sick people who don't care about actual Americans. And, yeah, it's, it's really sick when you put it into perspective on why they needed these PPP loans to begin with. It's because of Democrats locking down states like New York for, you know, close to a year. And in many regards, uh, like New York City, for example, is still seeing like COVID restrictions of some sort. Like these businesses are still struggling and they cause permanent damages to their own communities. And then they're making fun of the business owners for trying to save their community and their business. Like it's really disgusting. Um, And it's all their fault. Like this didn't have to happen. I I would be willing to bet that, you know, um, businesses in Florida and in South Dakota and in Texas are in a lot better shape, generally speaking, than businesses in California and New York. Um, and, And especially small businesses. Like I think, obviously, we saw the endless stream of bailouts for the big corporations that are doing just fine now. Um, they got the relief they needed, but when mom and pop want relief, it's like you got to mock them. It's really sick. Yeah. I mean, like, it's also not – this mockery, it's not making the point that they think – like, it's just a bad – like, a poorly thought-out point that they're trying to make. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, like, still, like, 70 years later, Democrats are still mocking Ayn Rand for, like, taking Social Security money. You know what I mean? As if that's, like, a gotcha – like, oh, see, not not a real libertarian. Look at that, taking a government. It's like, what? That doesn't, that makes no sense, man. <laughs> like, that's not, like, right. they, they shut down your business at gunpoint. It's like, what right. are you supposed to do? Like, of course, if, if money's available to you, you're going to take it. Like, I took unemployment, man. I'm an yeah. anarchist. I took unemployment for, like, six months or more during the pandemic, man. Like, it's like, that's not, that's just a poorly thought out argument to begin with. It's like, ah, these, these people, these people. Yeah, man. it's for, for some people, they were literally at gunpoint being told. Like in California, they would send actual cops to businesses that were staying open and like force them at gunpoint to close the, close the doors. Like it, it's, it's psychotic behavior. And yeah, it doesn't make any sense the point they're trying to make. Yeah, man. So the, uh, the governor of New York, Kathy Hochul, um, said that Republicans should, quote, get on a bus and go to Florida where you belong. You are not New Yorkers, unquote. That's an exact quote. 
<laughs> my, my goodness. I mean, so this is after a, a Democrat tried to assassinate uh, the Republican nominee for governor a couple weeks ago up there in New York. Um, you, you see this with quite literally everything the Biden regime has done, but it's trickling, trickling down to the Democratic governors as well. I mean, they, they do not, nor do they claim to, or, or they just simply refuse to represent. They don't want to represent anyone living in their states who don't vote Democrat. I mean, they believe there should be a two-tiered system where Republicans are oppressed and Democrats are above the law. And it's like, they're, they're so emboldened lately. With, with this type of behavior. And it's like, I, I get it. Like, Democrats have proven that they are above the law. I mean, like, you know, nothing really happens to Democratic politicians. Um, think about all the, the, the Democratic governors who've just murdered thousands and thousands of elderly people and, and, and weren't held accountable. Um, so they know they're above the law. But it's like, I, do they realize how unsustainable this is? Like, you can't run a country this way, right? Like, it, like I, I believe the whole system's a sham. I think we should abolish the entire federal government. But, like, if you don't believe that, <laughs> if you're in the 99.9% of Americans who don't want to abolish the state, ask yourself, how is the, like, how can you run a country like this going forward? Like, this is not sustainable. You can't, like, if, if our politicians don't even pretend to represent their constituents, only the people they like, it's like, dude, that's not, I mean, that's dangerous. That's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's absolutely not sustainable. And especially from Kathy Hochul hearing that, to put it into perspective from a New York standpoint, like this isn't a woman from New York City where I would expect that kind of rhetoric to come from. This is a woman who's been in Buffalo, New York most of the time. And like in Buffalo, New York and in Western and upstate New York in general, you know, that's like a heavy... Republican community that's like pretty it's pretty balanced red and blue up there and for her to say that is like a slap in the face especially for upstate and western New York and and to hear it from one of their own must be just absolutely awful like she's just a she's a terrible political hack and um I just I I also just don't think she is is as successful at manipulating her political power as her predecessor was like Andrew Cuomo was a genuinely smart person, I think. And he, he, uh, was able to politically maneuver his way through what three terms. I I don't think she's going to make it that far. She's just not, she's not smart enough, quite frankly. I just don't see her doing that. But, um, but no, she's, and, and there's a lot of people like her across the country. I mean, Gretchen Whitmer, uh, Charlie Chris, who's gunning for the Florida governorship, which he's made several mistakes so far that I don't think he'll be able to recover from. But I guess we'll see. Uh, they're just they, they have the green light to behave like this from the Biden regime, though. You know, I mean, like Democrats are collectivists. I mean, they do um, believe in collectivism. They do what they're told. They get in line behind whoever the leader of their party is. Um, similar to the way, you know, people always get behind dear leader in, in communist countries. And so you see the Biden administration mocking Republicans. You know, clearly they, they don't care about the, the well-being or even the lives of, of their Republican constituents. So, you know, these Democrat governors, you know, feel like they have the green light to behave like degenerates as well. You know what I mean? And it, it does go back to, like, yeah, I mentioned the Ron Klain thing. You know, obviously Biden's not the man in charge. It's Klain and then all the staffers. And these staffers, it's like— Anybody who's spent any time in D.C. knows, like, Democrat staffers, like, you think of, like, Hill staffers, right? And, like, we all have friends that have worked on the Hill, and, and it's like, P- 
people like Josh Holmes, right, come to mind. <laughs> it's like the comfortably mm-hmm. smug type guys, right? Like the, sure. you know, like that's what you think of as like a Republican staffer. These Democrat staffers are not, they're not like the Democrat version of Josh Holmes. They're like these wild, like socialist Bernie bros. It, they're, they're okay. Like I, I am a hard, I'm a far right anarchist, right? Like I'm yeah. as radical as it gets. The people running the White House are like the evil version of me. They're the left's version of me, right? They're not. They're not the less version of you. They're the less version of me, which right. terrifies. Like, so, just the listen, long-time listeners of this show, please get that through your head, okay? Like the the opposite, the negative image of me is running the world. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it's like these crazy twenties and thirties communists who are actually running American society right now, and that should terrify. I mean, like if you, you might like my opinions. But just imagine somebody with the polar opposite opinions of me, but with my same radicalism and temperament, okay? They're running the world. They are choosing who lives and who dies across planet Earth, okay? Like, that, is, that should terrify everybody. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not the same on the Republican side. I mean, right. yeah, there's some, you know, based Republicans in, in, in the Hill staff, uh, in the Hill staff, camp, but it's not the majority of them. And there aren't many far right anarchists on the Hill. Um, but there are, there are enough, uh, you know, far left, you know, basically communists on the Hill where you could throw a rock and hit one, like no problem. It's just, it's, they, they, they specifically look out to hire those kinds of people. And it should really terrify you because those are the people running the country um, and even when Republicans are in power, it, a lot of the time they're still running the country because they've also infiltrated all the agencies where there's no real turnover when a new president or a new Congress comes in. So I and, and I think that's, you know, that's an area that Republicans have long just ignored, but should should start to focus on that. And I really hope that whoever it may be, Trump, DeSantis, Let's be honest; those were the only two choices. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, there's really no need to mention anybody else. At this like, point. whoever else is considering running in two years should just, just don't. Yeah, don't. Yeah, come on, man. But but you know, there'll be a couple that are like, yeah, you know, I think like Nikki Haley, who has like <laughs> just a massive <laughs> ego, and is like, of course, I'm gonna be president, like that kind of personal run. But everyone else should just not and and save the embarrassment. But but. Whoever it is, Trump or DeSantis, I really hope they just gut all the agencies and and really fix that problem. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, and you're absolutely right. And but it's it's they they have to. They, there's no like, our backs are against the wall, man. And it, I'm yeah. not even talking about auditing these agencies. I mean, like, the only path forward is to abolish the FBI, to abolish the IRS. I they, I don't know how you yeah, reform. That the the FBI, I mean, they're, they're they just got away with. I mean, they, those two fellers that were tricked into trying to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer, they're going to prison the rest of their lives. <laughs> the FBI got away with that. The FBI raided Donald Trump's house and stole yep. a bunch of documents. I mean, these people are rogue, communist stormtroopers, man. Like, there's no reform. That's that's no. You get rid of these. Get them out. You have to just cut out. The Department of Education from American society. Get rid of the FBI, the ATF, the IRS. Like, there's no—they're they are staffed by—99% of staffers at all these agencies are just hardcore leftist activists. 
I mean, there's no yeah. reforming these agencies. The only, the I mean, the only way we make it out of this is to abolish these agencies. Yeah, and a, a good example, like right off the bat, of how it really doesn't matter who's in power; they'll just do what they want. Is the 2020 election and what they did with Facebook? Like the FBI yeah. told Facebook to censor yeah. uh, the the Hunter Biden email story, which turned out to be completely credible, even though we're not doing anything about it for some reason. And um, it turned out to be like, you know, Hunter Biden is a criminal. I would I would be comfortable to say that now. Yeah. And his father was not uh, completely out of the loop on that. But the FBI, nonetheless, told Facebook to censor this story in the algorithm. And Facebook, of course, uh, complied right away. But this was an FBI that was under President Trump and they did this. So, like. Yeah. They don't care who's in power. They'll just do whatever they want because they know that the agency can do whatever they want with no repercussions. I mean, if anybody hasn't heard the uh, Joe Rogan interview with Mark Zuckerberg, go check that out right now. Yeah, I know it's like three hours long, but it's definitely worth it. Uh, yeah, def definitely worth the time. Um, yeah, man, the FBI called Mark Zuckerberg and said, we are making Joe Biden the president get in line. That's what happened. Yep. That, that, he said, we we are deciding who will be the next president of the United States? We, the FBI, and it will not be a Republican. Get in line. And Mark Zuckerberg got in line. I mean, that, that, like, there, there is no, like, libertarian case. Like, they're a private company. No, they're not. No, they're not. No. No, you, you were doing the bidding of the regime. You were doing the bidding of the FBI. You're not a private company anymore at that point. No, that's a state-owned company at that point. Yeah, that, that, yes, absolutely. There's, I mean, I... I mean, there's a distinction without a difference. Like, I don't care. I don't care what the law says. You know what I mean? I don't care. Like, I don't care what the what Facebook's tax status is. That doesn't that that means nothing to me. In yeah. all, for all intents and purposes, they are a state. They are they're owned and operated by the Democratic Party. Like, yes. it's disgusting, man. It's disgusting what these people have done to the country. And going back to Kathy Hochul's uh, or Hochul or whatever, whatever her name is, whatever, um, <laughs> yeah, whatever, uh, yeah. But uh, going back to her rhetoric. Like, it's a little jarring to hear it from the Democratic politicians. But remember all of 2021, like the the entirety of, of corporate media, the New York Times, CNN, the Washington Post, every Democrat talking head on cable news. It was a talking point for almost a year that unvaccinated Americans should not receive medical care. Right. So the, there's the entire pundit class on the left advocating for a genocide of Republicans, okay? Like, say, if you're not vaccinated, you should be thrown out of hospitals, okay? Like, these people are psychopaths. Yeah. Like, we, we all just moved on as if that was normal. Like, oh, yeah, that's just David Frum doing his thing again. Oh, well, that's just the New York Times editorial board, you know? Aren't they, aren't they weird? Aren't they silly over there? No, they're, like, psychopathic killers. Like, they would absolutely kill you if they could, if they knew they'd get away with it. It's probably a good thing that they're all unarmed, vegan, transgendered, <laughs> either 100 or 500 pound weaklings, <laughs> or we'd be in real trouble as a country. Uh, but like, man, like these people, it, it is it is not hard to draw the line between this type of rhetoric and just straight up encouraging political violence. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a good point on that, like on that specific thing that they did that we just kind of just glossed over and pretended it was normal. I mean, that is the closest they've gotten to basically saying, yeah, we think that 50 percent of the country shouldn't live anymore. Like they, their lives don't even matter. Let's just kick them out of the hospitals and let them rot on the street. 
Like, that's essentially what they said. And we were just like, oh, yeah, that's crazy, man. And then it passed in a day, as it always does. So it's, yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, you're seeing Biden directly from his Twitter account calling Republicans fascists over and over every day. I mean, you you only call a group of people fascists if you're trying to normalize violence up into including uh, murder. Yeah. I mean, that's that's why you would call someone a fascist. You see the uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, she's been swatted uh, three times in, in the last few days. Even guys like uh, like Tim Pool and all these guys, you know, they, that's a, a common tactic by Democrats is to get people swatted. And like, make no make no mistake, I don't know if you guys have thought about it, you know, thought uh, too deeply about this. But the only reason to do that is because you're just ho- you know you know that these cops suck at their jobs. You know that these cops have trigger fingers, and you're just hoping that they just bust in and start shooting Republicans. Yeah. You know, so these these Democratic activists are doing this with the the hope that they will just murder Marjorie Taylor Greene. You know, and that's just normal. It's just normal. This happens all the time. You know, we're just Democrats trying to get Republicans killed. You know, it's like, I don't know, man. It's just these people, they're playing with. And that man, that's that's the thing. I they call Trump a fascist. They call him Hitler. They call DeSantis. Oh, now, now it's all DeSantis. Oh, you thought Trump was bad. DeSantis is even worse. There, there's not a fascist bone in either one of those two men's bodies, obviously. But. I mean, like you literally, we just we Trump was just president for four years and he didn't do anything fascist. So I mean, like, hey man, like it's kind of, kind of a tough sell. But like, bro, if they don't dial this back, the Republicans will nominate a fascist, like yeah. a, an actual one in twenty thirty four or whatever, like a literal like Mussolini strongman who wants to round these people up and shoot them. Like you cannot abuse the right half of the country like this year after year after year and expect no no consequences for those actions. It's like they, they can call Trump whatever names they want, call Ron DeSantis whatever names they want, but if they don't stop pushing us, man, a, lo- a lot of Republicans are going to be prepared to actually vote for a strong man. And, that's yeah. when it gets, and then that's when it gets real ugly. I mean, they, these people have no idea what they're doing. They have no idea the games that they're playing. Man, it's... Things could get so much worse, infinitely worse, and these people have no idea. They're just—they're yeah. not afraid of Republicans. They, you know, historically, Republican politicians have not wielded power at all. They just refuse to wield power. You know, um, you know, Trump didn't really get much done in four years. You know, like they just—you know, historically, Republicans—they just—you know—I don't know—they just take abuse. They're like the the beaten puppy that hides in the corner. You know, they're yeah. just afraid of the press. They're afraid of being called a Nazi or whatever. But man, that's not going to last forever. And I'm not. I'm not. I don't want a strongman fascist leading the Republican Party. But I'm just saying, like, if you if these people don't stop pushing us, it's going to happen eventually, and it's going to be terrible. Yeah. No. I and and it's especially when they're attacking people like Marjorie Taylor Greene with the same vitriol that they're coming after people like Lee Zeldin with. Like, this is a man that just got stabbed. Uh, or there was a stabbing attempt. And and it's because it can be directly linked to rhetoric from people like Kathy Hochul, who, by the way, in that speech, she was she directly referred to Lee Zeldin and Mark Molinaro, who are two very reasonable New York Republicans. Centrist. One of which I mean, they're like true moderates. They are. They are center, maybe center right slightly. Maybe. And that, yeah. They are they are the center of the country, yeah. And they're too extreme. So it's like, why would we be reserved at all? Let's just go, let's just go the whole nine yards and go as far right as we can. 
and then that's when we'll get someone that is actually dangerous to the country. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. You're going to get an Andrew Jackson. Yeah. One of yeah. these days, you know. Nobody and trust me, nobody wants that. Nobody. <laughs> so, one more thing we have to discuss um before I let you go. Nick, you know how the Federal Reserve is a communist organization designed to destroy the US dollar and end capitalism? And also oh, how yeah. they're they're terrible at their jobs and make everything worse all the time? Absolutely. Well, this is my favorite take from the corporate press on the Fed. This is just this is the best. This is the best thing I've read in a long time. I really hope you haven't seen this yet. You probably have. But if you haven't, you're in for a, tw- a real treat, buddy. This is okay. a quote. This is the headline from the Associated Press. Ready? Quote, yeah. leadership at the Federal Reserve has become the most diverse ever. There are more female, black, and gay officials contributing to the central bank's interest rate discussions than at any time in its 109-year history. End quote. Wow. I am breathing a sigh of relief right now. And I think all the inflation was worth it, it given that new information. I mean, uh, if I'm we're just, in another Great Depression, at least it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a gay one. <laughs> at least it's a gay yeah, depression. My it'll goodness. be a one. Uh, <laughs> it will be a very inclusive depression this time. <laughs> so that'll be good. Uh, you know, we can all the, the Hoovervilles and the, the little encampments under the overpasses will be more diverse now. So that'll be good. I think um, really happy to hear that. Yeah. At least there's going to be a lot of monkeypox in those camps, you know? Yeah, yeah. Good golly. All, all kinds of diseases that we didn't have before. Oh, man. I mean, imagine, imagine, like, a group of people builds a building, and it just immediately falls down. It just collapses. And then, like, the local newspaper, like, running an article, like, isn't it great that the people that built that building were all black and gay? <laughs> <laughs> It's like, bro, maybe maybe this is not the right time to brag about diversity at the Federal Reserve. Like my like what like read the room, man. Like inflation's at forty five year high like what are we doing? Like my like what like why? Like you're you're I mean it's like you're highlighting like the diversity of these people that are like the worst the worst at their jobs in the history of the Federal Reserve, and that's saying a lot, by the way. Okay. Like, my word, like, the, the, wow, like, do these people, I, I don't know, you just have to think that journalists are all just so rich and ridiculously cut off from the real world that they just don't know what's going on, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's the only excuse, that's the only reason why they would yeah. print something like this. Yeah, yeah, they're completely blind to what's actually, like, an actual issue for a regular American, because they don't have those issues, ever, and they never will, because they're always going to be the top rung in some regard, um, at least in power. So, yeah, they'll, they'll never know. And uh, I think part of it is like wokeness has become a sort of religion for them. Like, I, I don't think we've secularized in the traditional sense of that word. I think that people have just replaced real religion with like this pagan woke religion and made like inclusivity and diversity and equity a, a religion in itself. So, like, whatever we can do to accomplish that end is worth it, even if it means completely destroying the economy. <laughs> I mean, it's more like these Americans are far more religious now than they ever were. I mean, like th- this type of like the woke religion is is like the, the people that adhere to the woke religion are way more devout than like Christians 
and Jews and Muslims are in the United States. Like it's yeah. crazy. I think th- this type of like devotion to a religion is what like makes you. It, that's what causes like the Spanish Inquisition, okay? Like that's what causes you to sack Constantinople for no reason, okay? Like that—that's what we're looking at. Like these people are like devout psychos, man. Like it's like it's not—it's like we try to say like, oh, they've replaced God with like you know the state and and wokeness and stuff like that. But it's like these people aren't as religious as like 1950s like nuclear family Christian religious people. They're much, much more. They're much worse. They're, they're so much more extreme. They're so much more devout than that. They're crusaders. Yeah. They are. Yeah. It's pretty scary. Man, did we talk about anything positive? <laughs> no, no, no. There's not much positive going on. No. Oh, man. All um. right. Well, I have 48 hours before the next podcast. I'm really hoping something good happens, man. The next two days, we'll see. Yeah, we'll, see. we'll be on the lookout, I guess. <laughs> Nick, my brother, thanks for doing this, man. Let's do it again soon. Where can everybody uh, keep in touch and follow you online, all that good stuff? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Nick underscore Lindquist, and then you can see my writings and press appearances at NickLindquist.com. Everybody follow Nick. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. (laughs) 